Hey everybody, it's Luke the Smooth Dude Rad Guy here with another Bomba Clot episode of your favorite podcast, One Two Review. Alex is in a remote location right now with no internet. He's deep in Mexican jungles searching for extremely hard to find movies. So it's me and Brandon running the show today. Brandon, great to see you. Luke, thanks for having me. Absolutely, buddy. Um, for those folks who haven't listened before, One to Review is a podcast where we rate and review movies in the simplest way possible. We give it one point if we didn't like the thing, two points if we did. We rate and review until we get to 20 points. And then we call it a day. Kick the intro! Here it comes. One. Two. Knock it off, Brandon. We stopped that. Sorry, you're right. We got a lot of complaints, but it's habit. Habits are hard to kill. It's true. It's true. A sound travels surprisingly well in those sub-level basements like the one you live in. Right. They weren't complaints from podcast listeners. They were complaints from my neighbors. The New York rats. Yep. It echoes in these hallways. (laughs) Luke, you ready to review some movies? Yeah, sure. I'm down. Let's do it. What's the first movie we're going to review? I'll tell you, Luke. First movie we saw this week was called Pool Bros. That's right. 2019 directed by the g this stars jude law and will ferrell and to summarize it briefly mark and darren can't afford a hotel for the summer vacation they planned so they end up trying to stay the whole summer at the pool a fun movie with some serious tones towards the end luke what did you think about pool bros and were you on board okay this movie takes place in cancun and it's these I guess loser type characters, you know, they win this vacation through their local radio station. And obviously when they get there, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's sort of in the dangerous part of Cancun and they end up getting robbed. They end up at this resort with no room to their name, with no money and no way to communicate with the locals. So what do they do? They decide to dress up as pool boys to pose as the help at the pool and stay there all summer until they can get enough cash together to get out. And of course, they run into their uh, encounters with the law. They run into the encounters with ex-girlfriends. All these things pose uh, some comical situational comedy. Uh, my favorite of which is actually the you know the kind of twist near the end where they discover the sauna. Right. You know, at at a lot of these resorts, there's shut down areas. And this is their big ticket out of there is the sauna. They discover the sauna and they find out that not only are there hidden Mexican stocks and bonds that have been socked away in there, they also find out that it's a pretty nice money-making venture for them as well. They're able to sort of do sexual favors for different guests. You know, throughout the movie, they have all these female suitors and some male suitors that, you know, always coming up with proposals for them. Indecent ones, we could say. Some funny allusions to Risky Business and some other popular movies during that scene. I will say throughout it, there were a couple pop culture references that keep popping up and i wasn't sure if they were 
aware that the joke was kind of old because there's a lot of like kind of Beavis and Butthead, Bill and Ted, Dude, Where's My Car type of I mean, stuff. It's like they, a hodgepodge of all of that. Even when they try to come, even when they try to come with the modern memes, you know, the Harlem Shake is now seven years old, eight years old. Exactly. That felt a little outdated, and they sort of combined it in this strange mashup of Harlem Shake slash Macarena dance, and it felt a little forced. It, that was like a major thing that turned me off as well as the cancer. That is true. The big cancer scare. The end of the film ends on a pretty serious note when you discover that they possibly have skin cancer, both of them. One of it's, it's really apparent in Will Ferrell's character. He has a growth that starts to develop. Actually, I think pretty near the beginning of the film, you can start to see it. And throughout the film, it kind of gets bigger. And, and by the end, it's... Very noticeable. Yeah, at the beginning of the film, it's just sort of like a casual chuckle, just a reference to this little mole on his right shoulder. And then as the film goes goes along, I think in every scene, it gets a little bit bigger. And they never put on sunscreen. They can't afford it, unfortunately. They try. Yeah, that's pretty funny, actually. They're both like red as cherries. They're both just burnt to death in the first few days. Obviously, they have nowhere to stay. And uh, they had discovered the escape them, yeah. the hot Mexican sun. Right, exactly. Well, well, should we spoil it? Yeah, go ahead and spoil it, Luke. I think it's necessary. Spoil, 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 spoil time. So, a lot of these Will Ferrell buddy movies have a have like a positive, fun ending. This one, they actually both die. They straight up die from cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of comes out of nowhere, and it's it's not a very uplifting ending at all. And I think the directorial choices, you know, the G made, he could have taken this funeral scene at the end in a very fun direction, but it ended up being just more shit piled on the travesty that was this you know, that was this vacation. Um, they drop Will Ferrell's casket. They drop his character's casket into the ocean on accident. His body pops out. And it's like very morbid. And Jude Law's body isn't in his casket. Maybe they're setting you know, up a sequel. Art, Who knows? There, There's some inferences that maybe there was some sort of necrophilia going on at the morgue. And it's just a really strange twist. I mean, they could have, you know, both of our antagonists die. Protagonists die. Leave it at that. Don't rub it in. Leave it at that. They rub it in. And so this was kind of a tough one to stomach. Yeah, I was definitely ready for the credits to roll when they did. I uh, It really just like almost seemed like a parody of like a, a Lars von Trier movie or something at the end, like some real depression porn. Yeah tragedy porn yeah yeah hey most of it was funny though yeah except for you know before that most of it let's uh yeah. give it a number let's rate it what do you think luke uh unfortunately pool bros gets one point from me yeah uh it was just it was just a little bit of a brown note at the end coming down like a hammer i'm gonna hit the nail uh right alongside yours and give you one point as well uh pool bros not a great movie and that's two points for Pool Bros. Two points for Pool Bros. Well, Luke, you had a, a long <laughs> week. I don't even know where to start with this week. 
So, yeah, I mean, if the listeners listen to episode 81, our last episode, they would know that I was set up on a series of dates. The one to review crew is trying to help me find love. Thanks for sending in your applications, your resumes, your headshots, leaving your voice messages. Uh, all of this was super appreciated, and we actually had a hard time scheduling all of these. So. We had a hard time making choices, and thank you to all the beautiful ladies and guys. You know, we never asked for guy applicants, but we got them. Thank you, everybody that that called, that sent those emails and those photos as well. It's great. It really shocks me sometimes that we have fans and they want to participate in the podcast with us. So that's great. Not only that, but it blows my mind that anyone would want to date me. Well, a lot of people want to date you, Luke. Let's talk about some of your dates here. Now, what we would th- what we were thinking about is you went on five or six dates. We had you rate those dates in order from uh, best date to worst date. And you've kind of assigned some points to those dates. So we gave the movie two points. So let's talk about one of your two-point dates here, Luke. Okay. Just right off the bat, I've changed the names of the people involved. And I think... The people involved probably know who they are, but I I don't want to incriminate them, especially on a two-point date. This was the Carson family. Uh, Marcy and Devin Carson are the family, are the, sorry, are the parents of nine children, uh, four of whom are single. And I went on a group-style date with the whole family, all 11 Carsons. Now, did you know it was a group date from the beginning, or? Here's the thing. I... I, I had no clue. I thought I was being set up with one young lady, Pepper, by her mother. And then when I show up, I meet Pepper and I meet the Carson clan, too. They're all there. Where'd you go? They're you all went there. to dinner? Yeah. Well, I took them to... Fortunately, Buca de Beppo had the buffet table available, the big family room available. It was a slow night. It was a Tuesday, and we started the day early at 4.30, so we were able to get in to that banquet room and get everybody seated. Um, and that's an Italian-style buffet? Uh, well, yeah, it's like an Italian. They like set it up family-style. I guess I said buffet wrong, but yeah, they set it up like family-style with, with uh, big trays of lasagna nice. and whatnot. So you have the whole family yeah, the there. the food was great. How, how were the people? How was the Carson family? Well, the Carson family, right off the bat, sort of raised some red flags. Um, immediately, Devin, the Carson dad, was asking for my ID and my credit card information. And what he was saying was that he wanted to do a background check on me, make sure that I was who I said I was and good enough for for Pepper, his daughter. And, um, and this did require your social security number as well. I gave him the social, thinking that he was just going to run it through a reputable company. But the weird things have been coming up in my email ever since then. Um, well, I mean, for for as long as I was able to access my email. Now I can't even get into it. Uh, so I, I'm dealing with some problems with that. And I think maybe they might be, I don't know. I, there was just some strange things that were happening with the family along the so way. So how did dinner go? You finish your lasagna? Dinner was great. Yeah. Dinner was great. Oh yeah. The food at Buca de Beppo is awesome. And everybody ate very well. 
the thing was, me and Pepper hit it off nicely, you know? We sat there, she was on my right side. On my left side was their only son, Bryce. And I had, I was able to sort of break away uh, from the family and sit down at a single table with Bryce and Pepper and then their youngest daughter, Emily. Um, you know, right off the bat, I told Bryce that I wasn't interested in guys, but the family seemed to be pressuring me to spend more time with him. And that was a little awkward for me, but, you know, I entertained the idea. He's a handsome just guy. friendly, though. Needed someone to play Fortnite with or something, right? Well, he kept putting his foot on my body under the table in different ways that I wasn't uh, totally comfortable with. But, you know, I'm, I, I, I can take control of this situation. So I just sort of took control of the situation and made him put his shoes back on. Yeah. You know, so at least then when he was sort of doing his foot grope type thing, he had his shoes on. So I know there, That's a there weird wasn't thing. a lot of contact. I don't get that very often. Under the table grope. When I do, it's always a little shocking. Yeah, and it was it was combined with heavy eye contact. That's important. Let me say this. Are you going to go on any second dates with any of them? Are you calling it quits with the Carson family? It seems to me like you need to probably make sure you're not being identity theft, thieved. Oh, I'm almost certain that something's going on with that. I did not get my ID back. And, you know, we were supposed to record these dates, too, and I did. I had the camera. I had their approval. At the end of the date, it was all gone. Right. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. The check came, and one by one, the Carson family had to go to the bathroom until eventually it was just me and Bryce sitting at this big table of a lot of leftovers and me stuck with the bill. And... And it was four hundred seventeen dollars plus tip. Well, expense that over. Bryce was expense half Bryce of that was, over to us at least. Oh, okay, yeah, of course. I mean, I thought we were drained after the big bill paying. Oh, we are. Giveaway, this is going on but, the credit card, but. Well, I mean, I'm paying that credit card bill anyway, and it's it's seventeen percent APR compounded. So okay, it's, we'll talk about that oh, offline, okay. Luke. Um. Anything else you want to say about this date? It wasn't a good date. This was a two-point date. So thank you for sharing your experience. Is there anything else you want to add? I would say Carson family, if you're listening, you know who you are. I know you're, you know you're not the Carson. But if you're listening, please return my ID and my credit card at least. And the recording equipment is negotiable. Is the address on and your Bryce, ID up to date? Do they know where to send it? And Bryce, hit me up, man. Uh, yeah, they know. They have my info. Okay. Luke. So, so there you go. That's four points for the Carson family date. Oh, I'm sorry. That's two points for the Carson family date out of a possible four. Let's hear something from our advertisement sponsor. Let's do it. Hey, Brandon here from 1-2-Review. Thanks for listening to our podcast. This week I'm here to tell you about Legit AF Toothpaste, my new favorite toothpaste. Companies are putting Kims in your toothpaste. You know it. I know it. We all know it. You wouldn't let your pets eat powder pumice, liquid fluorine, or the same Kims they put in toilet bowl whitener, would you? No. Legit AF Toothpaste is made from regular stuff. Yeah, Mother Nature stuff. Stuff that humans have been using to keep their mouths fresh and clean for thousands of years. Legit AF contains river water, granulated corn husk, peppermint paste, and cocoa butter. 
That's it. Our special formula rinses clean and leaves your mouth fresh for days. Use promo code REVIEW for a free sample of legit AF cinnamon flavor with every order. And remember, next time you spit, spit legit. Thank you, Brandon. I've got my order of legit AF on the way. I can't wait to brush my teeth with that. They actually make a pet variety, too, for your pup. Oh, they did mention that. I saw that on Uh, our website. Maybe we'll get an ad for that next week. Yeah, I can't wait to brush my pup's teeth, too. Well, the next movie we saw was called Drilled. This is a 1990 flick. 19, I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, I'm excited for that. Well, the next movie we saw is called Drilled. Brandon, did you catch this one? Yes, I did. 1992 movie directed by Holly Jackson. Here's the rundown. Three best buds get locked in their dental school when a flood prevents anyone from getting to the school. A series of escalating dares jeopardizes the boys' careers as dentists. Can they cover up their mess in time, or do they get busted? Brandon, do you have any initial thoughts on 1992's Drilled? Thrilling. Gory. Unexpecting. These are all single words that I would use to describe this film. It was an enjoyable ride, something that, uh, you know, for 1992 actually was still holds up to this day. Uh, I think because of the character work, honestly, though. No doubt. There's a cagey tone to the whole film because obviously they're stuck in this, you know, one of the largest dental schools in Pennsylvania. And as the flood rises, they realize that they're stuck there for a while. But what are they going to do? The thing. They're going to break into the medical cabinets, start experimenting with these drugs. And one thing leads to another. They get a little high. And they start daring each other to perform, you know, extractions and uh, implants, all dental things that they've recently been learning. And while it's intense, it's also humorous and uh, kind of enlightening for, you know, seeing how a lot of those dental procedures are done. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't really even think about that. But yes, this movie is informational. Like, did I know what a root canal really was? No, but now I do. (laughs) I mean, it's it's hilarious when it's when it kicks off. These guys have been in dental school together for two years. They're best buds. And, um, you know, when Marcus does the gold teeth replacement on Kyle and he's got that those forefront gold teeth fucking funny well they're all laughing they're all having a good time they're not feeling any pain they're you know injecting the 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 drugs they're inhaling the gases yeah it's getting out of control and as most good things do yeah good they get out of control really badly you know you know night one isn't that eventful but night two they start really screwing up the school they start making a mess it almost becomes like um, kind of Lord of the Flies sort of situation as they discover, you know, almost by the day, another floor fills with water. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was kind of a strange thing in the movie. They do rescue the janitor from the boiler room, but then they lock him. Then they just lock him in a separate room in the basement and they, they just sort of gloss over that for the rest of the movie. They definitely killed him, though. Yeah, without a doubt, they killed. I think the it's kind of a turning point 
when you realize, oh, they're capable of doing this. What's going on here? Yeah. But the soundtrack doesn't let on. The soundtrack is funky. It's got like sort of this funk rock feel to it. It's peppy and it keeps the movie driving forward. Um, the other the other strange thing is that this movie is very well lit. You would think that the electricity would be out, but it's got kind of like this party light atmosphere to it. And that paired with the soundtrack really makes it a lot of fun. Super engaging uh, and motivating. The motion of it is almost like you're riding a train. Yeah. But like I said, they screw some things up and they cause a lot of damage. And so once they finally run out of the laughing gas and they come to, they realize what they've done and they need to patch things up because the water is coming down. The rain has stopped and rescue crews are on their way. And they're, they're feeling pain now. Like their mouths have holes in them. They, a lot of these procedures were kind of half finished. So they are in a lot of pain. They're coming off these drugs and they're realizing, oh, shit, we're going to get saved. How do we explain this? What do we do? They try to hide their tracks. Uh, they don't do a great job of that. Yeah, this part of the movie is filled with a lot of screaming, which I actually found was pretty funny. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they they need to, they need, so they have, they've got like three major mistakes, okay? They destroyed the front desk, which is where... You know, the anal retentive clerk sits and she's, you know, she's got her like family photos and stuff. That's all covered in toothpaste. Uh, She's got her stuffed bears. They've all been destroyed with fluoride and bleach. And they totally ripped up all of the files and all of the patient files behind there. And they need to reorganize those. Well, of course. Yeah. Water doesn't reach their floor. So they figured, you know, the water is going to destroy all this anyways let's have some fun so they have a fun creative montage fixing that you know um mixing up the files and putting whatever basically whatever files that look like a match back together and then ultimately realizing the best way to solve the problem is actually flood the floor themselves so they start siphoning water onto that floor to make it appear as if the flood was worse than it was Right, so they just flood the first floor, and basically that's that. But on the second and third floors, they have even more problems. One of the biggest problems is with Caleb. He accidentally swallowed during one of their dares, accidentally swallowed a large amount of the silver filling, which is expensive and I guess toxic, but most of all, they need to get it out of him. They don't play the waiting game. (laughs) They do not play the waiting game. Uh, they try they try the back pump method. Luckily, they don't have to open them up, but they do try the back pump method with a series of those little water jets that you put in your mouth. I think that's really all I need to say about that, and that's a pretty gross scene. But like I said, man, they pump it up with some music, and it, it's gross, but it's fun. Yeah, super weird tone of this movie, uh, but I found it enjoyable in the end. Do you want to give it a number so we can talk about something else, Luke? Yeah. Uh, You know, for all of its hangups, this is from a different time. This is from a time, 1992, when you could be gross, you could be violent. You could just gloss over manslaughter and it's all good. So I got to give it two points for its entertainment value and its rock and soundtrack. I definitely see where you're coming from, Luke. 
I want to agree with you, but there's one major problem I have with the film, and that's the ending of the movie. Because they get saved, and it it almost like freezes the screen where they're at, and then the credits roll. Like, there's no real conclusion to the story. Like, yes, the ambulance and everything arrives to rescue them. As soon as, like, they show up, it's just like freeze frame, credits roll. One point. Yeah, the ending left a lot to desire, but I mean, just like the, how they wrapped it up, because I mean, not only did they they have missing teeth, gold teeth, they looked like a wreck, you know, as expected. But I mean, there are strange things like going on with their teeth. People would question that. But not only that, their dean's office was totally destroyed where they got all that dental wax all over his priceless african rug i just want to see like a a conclusion really it felt like it was building and then the resolution kind of came but one point for me in the end so there were some fun little snippets in the credits of them uncovering the mess and just showing the the cleanup crew going through the dental school i'm allowed to give the movie one point luke that's what i'm doing yeah no i know i know so so that's so what's what's that? Three points? Three points for Drilled. Three points. Three points for Drilled. Luke, let's look at the chart you made. Do you have any three-point dates you want to talk about? I do. I do. Okay. I had I have the three-point Chicago dog date with Stacy. Okay. Thank you, Stacy, for a wonderful time. Sorry about the sport peppers. I didn't realize that they squirted like that. Um, and then I have a three-point date with the Luhan Farms Daughters. This sounds intriguing. Um, so when I when we set this up, I sort of set my parameters very loose. I said twenty-five to forty-five. You know, I want I want a young lady who's mature. I mean, I think you know there are some rare exceptions at a young age they're mature, but I think you know I'm I'm getting up there too. I don't want to be robbing the grave. I don't want to be robbing the cradle. So. 2545. Now, the Luhan daughters sort of represented themselves as within that age limit, but Deb, Maggie, and Linda were all over that limit. Deb said she was 45, but she never let me see her ID even when I tried to like pull it out of her purse. I think she was probably 52. Maggie said she was 60. She looked more like 67. And Linda said she was 52. She She looked more like she was 59. Okay, so you went on a date with three elderly ladies, and not elderly, but you know they were like, they were like uh, they have a silver. What do they call that? A silver fox, silver silver cougars. They were like silver cougars, you know. Okay, and they are farm daughters. They live on a farm, or they work on a yeah, farm. They raise they raise sheep, hogs, and they grow chili and corn. Well, that sounds cool. What I mean, were they nice? And of course, a bunch of other. For the most part, they were nice. They were, I mean, I would say it was the longest date I've ever been yeah, on so far. Yeah, so you are giving this three points, but from what I understand, you did go on a couple dates with this group. Is that right? It was like a series of dates, okay? First, we had a kind of group date just at their home. They sat me down, and they they fed me a really nice meal. We had tamales. We had beans. And we had cornbread. 
and we just sort of talked about you know what they what they expected out of me work-wise what they expected out of me sexually their schedule um, their routines their schedule what my schedule was going to look like in the future this is your first date yeah first meeting yeah, this was our first date you know and it was a little it was a little surprising to to see that their expectations were so high right off the bat but you know they kept it light and we had some laughs you were on board uh i wouldn't say i was on board i would say i was a little more intimidated intrigued perhaps uh like scared used yeah 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 definitely uh so that was the first night and i was able to sleep in in their son's room in this like it was just like in a twin bed where was the son oh he's long grown up i think he's a banker in boston or something okay yeah they all three of them are divorcees and they've already raised and had a family it was kind of a cool story, you know. They got back to each other just to to bring Dad's farm back up to Chaw, but they can't do all the work themselves. So I guess that's kind of where they wanted me in the picture. And you have farmhand experience. You have a little, actually, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've done it all. But yeah, they they took me on like a fence building date where I dug post holes and we sort of just chatted. Um, I thought things were moving along. I thought things were getting kind of hot when Deb tried to hold my hand, but then I just realized she was actually passing me tools to work work on the fence. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, work is rewarding in itself, and presumably you have some makeout sessions. A relationship, a relationship is work. Yeah. Okay. Um, they sort of passed me. I would say they passed me around and. These are tough ladies, man. So the makeout sessions were mostly being dominated physically, and they had, they all had very chapped hands and very dry lips, which was, it was nice. It was rustic. That sounds unpleasant. Luke, are you gonna go on a second date with any of these women, or a fourth or fifth date? How many dates did you go on? We went on six days of dates. I would say. Okay. It was six days of dates, and then I was feeling exhausted, and I had another date coming up. So I had to, you know, I sort of called the police and had them give me a ride out of there. As, as far as future dates with the Lujan Farm Daughters, I am interested, but unfortunately there is a restraining order preventing that from happening. You got to do what you got to do. No judgment there. I have multiple. I didn't do it. I have multiple restraining orders on me, so it's fine. I didn't do it. The The local authorities stepped in and said they that I needed their protection and help. So they dealt with them before? It sounded like it. Mm. It sounded like it. Sorry to hear about that, Luke. But it was a lot of fun, man. And, and love, that's what it is. You take your knocks in love and... If they had been a little more honest about their age, I think things would be different. But Deb, Maggie, Linda, I, I love you three, and I wish the best for you in the future. But stay away. I hope you find that special someone you're looking for. And, of course, follow the legal guidelines of... 100 yards at all times. 
of 100 yards at all times. All right. Thank you for sharing your story, Luke. You know who else wants to share their story? One of our advertisers. Advertisers. All right. Let's do it. Here we go with the advertisement. This episode of One Two Review is brought to you by Fire Pants. Find out who is the liar. You got it. Finally, get to the bottom of anything. Mm. You send us the facts, what? we settle the score. Yeah. All decisions are final. Damn. Fire Pants. That's an app now too, right, Luke? Oh my gosh, they're blowing up. Yeah, they're on all the platforms, Fire Pants. I'm kind of scared to find... Uh, I'm scared to... To have someone come after me with fire pants. It's pretty crazy. It's like the people's court in the palm of your hand, and all decisions are absolutely final. Yeah. And I think the people making the decisions aren't even in the United States. I think they outsource all the decisions. Yeah, it's been outsourced to Bangladesh. But whatever. They're blowing up. They're, they love our podcast, and we love their money. So thank you for sponsoring us, Fire Pants. Thank you, Fire Pants. Brandon, you got another movie for us, buddy? I don't have a movie for you, Luke, but I do have a TV show. You want to talk about a TV Uh, show? Of course. Thanks for joining me. This week, we sat down and we both watched a couple episodes of Escape the Outdoors. This is an interesting premise. This was what happens if you take uh, Escape the Room Challenge and invert it, and it becomes, you know, break into the room. And in this case, it's not a room so much as it is your neighbor's house. Luke, did you enjoy Escape the Outdoors? Oh, this is the best. This is the best show I've seen in a long time. It's got all the elements that make a show riveting. Okay. You've got reality. Reality. You've got money on the line. Okay. The contestants win money, they win prizes, they get to keep whatever they find in their neighbor's house. This is, and then of course, there's the element of the unknown. What or who is inside the neighbor's house? Is it empty? Are they armed? And all this stuff happens in Escape the Outdoors. Now, I would say, I would say the names, the name is a little flawed because they're not so many, they're not so much escaping as they are breaking and entering. I just don't think you could call a call a show breaking and entering maybe you can i think escape the outdoors is appropriate in the sense that it's humorous yeah it's sort of tongue-in-cheek it's a reality show yeah but it's a good one and as someone who doesn't watch a lot of television i have seen every episode that has been released of escape the outdoors and i really do enjoy it it's short it's punchy it's like 23 minutes there is a formula every week so you know what you're getting into but they just tweak it enough every episode with either hey there's a dog in the house or hey this house is completely unlocked or this house is empty some of them i feel like maybe they staged the neighbor's house somewhat but uh, regardless it's still enjoyable the python the python episode was a little phony wouldn't you say it seemed fake but you never know we have friends that have pythons yeah, we do have a couple of friends with pythons, and I don't think the pythons look that foamy, and I don't think pythons get that big. Yeah, yeah, they don't get they don't get that big, and they don't cause somebody's leg to fall off like that. 
It just looked fake. It looked fake, but I I can ignore that because it's just a fun show and it's over before you know it. So there's not even the time Pitbull to question. The Pitbull episode it. looked real. That one I think was real. The reaction when they, on his face yeah. when he breaks in there and is staring that Pitbull straight in the face, it was eh, that seemed real. Yeah, and the reaction on his hand, the way it was bleeding and mangled when they got up close with the camera, that looked real. That looked real too. Absolutely. Uh I don't know if there's going to be a season two of this show. I didn't do any research to see how popular it is. I hope so. It's on Hulu, so hopefully people can find it, watch it. I hope so. It's cool. It's a cool concept. You get to take and keep whatever you find in there. I think Supermarket Sweep meets breaking and entering into your neighbor's house. You always want to know right. what's in your neighbor's house. You What's going on in there? What kind of couches do they have? Not only get to find out, you also get to possibly keep it if you can get it out. Yeah. And, you know, for the listener, they should know that all these victims of these quote unquote victims of these break breaking and enterings, they're well compensated by the production. So, yeah, they put them in a nice hotel for a couple of nights ahead of time. So they're. Yeah, it's nice. It's fine. Yeah. It's like it's like the the move the bus show. Love that. Well, I got to give Escape the Outdoors two points. I'm really gunning for a second season of this show. I think it's some top-notch entertainment. It's edge of your seat. It is edgy, too. And it's a well-deserving two-point show. Yeah, absolutely two points for me as well. I went on their website. You can actually sign up to be a possible contestant and or have your house broken into. So maybe sign up if you're interested. Two points for me. All right, that's four points. Four points and for Escape the Outdoors. Four points. So throughout the week, I went on five dates. How many of those were four-point dates? I only had one four-point date. So we got to talk and about that was That was with Canela, Miss Canela Argente. I love you, baby, if you're out there listening. Um, we went on a very simple date. And I think a lot of times I tend to overthink you know, my first encounter with a with a potential date. And this one, I just played it loose. I brought my dog. She brought her dog. We went out to the park and we just picked up trash. You, you uh, actually love picking up trash. Little known fact. I do. I do. I do. Uh, it's like kind of, you get to be like a little street detective. And you also get to clean up your own neighborhood too. That's a good way to look at it. Um, I found money. I found lots of change. I found love, a lot of a lot of foreign movie and I, a foreign money. And I think this time I might have found love. Yeah, with you know. Uh, she brought her dog, a little Chihuahua. They played in the park. Even though my dog's a lot bigger, they hit it off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always a good sign. You know, when the dogs um, hit it off right away, you're basically signing a, a blank check for love because you never know. You could be yeah. marrying that person the next day. I would say you are signing a blank check for a wedding. Right away. That's how I feel about it. Right away. You can't tear dogs that like each other apart. Well, and the flip side, too. You can't go after... I mean, you can't start... That's your fresh start of a relationship is your dogs are fighting. You got to deal with that right at the start? No, it's already already in the trash. It's already ruined. So... That alone is a just it's just a great start and we did spend a lot of great quality time together. We did hold hands at the park. 
Um, she kissed my face. She didn't. Twice. Did she hand you any tools? She wasn't expecting any kind of tasks out of me. That sounds nice. Um, she wasn't trying to fish me or get my cards or my social number or my birthday. This sounds really great, and I know it's a four-point date, but Luke, what's the catch? Um, that, there's really no catch. There was a little strange event that happened at the end of our date. I invited her up to my apartment. You know, the park was, was within walking distance. I invited her up to the apartment. I thought that Alex was gone. We get up there. She sees Alex puttering around in the yard. He was dealing with, you know, his, his carrots and his radishes like he likes to do. She sees him uh, and she just sort of splits and says she has to go. I can't. I can't see him right now. Now she said something about seeing him right now. That was yesterday? So, that was yesterday. And I'm pretty sure she recognized Alex from movies and films. And she was just like a little starstruck. So that makes sense. Uh, that was what I assumed. You know, she ran off. She picked up her dog. And I haven't talked with her since. But I think this is going places. I think this is a good thing. Give it a day. Shoot her a text. You know, let her let it simmer for a while. I told Alex about it, and he just said, sorry, man, and patted me on the shoulder. And he said, I'm really sorry. Yeah. So, We've been you know, I'm, he was supportive. I'm going to be supportive as well. So, yeah, this sounds great. Luke. Yeah, I think, the, I think this is going places. Plus, she's tall, too. You don't meet a lot of tall girls out here. They wear big shoes, but they, they're not that tall. So, that was nice. Oh, it's good to be in love, Brandon. Luke, you're telling me, bud. It's also good to end the podcast because I think we're done. We're done. We're done. Well, we get, hold up. We got to do a few things. We have to thank our sponsors, uh, our real life sponsors, our Patreon donors. Thanks so much, Rab. You've been donating $2 a month for over a year and uh, that money has paid for our hosting and other cool stuff uh, our videos and promotions so thank you so much rap also another shout out to our mumble donor with one dollar a month shout out to we really appreciate it that's a mumbled shout out anything else luke next week we'll be reviewing the following movies we'll be reviewing thumb drive overland Another movie from the Doe series, Scram Tit, Land of the Home, and The Rave Like Butter, and of course, Lambert. Thanks so much, and enjoy yourself.